This episode of the HE Tips Cast is sponsored by TextHelp. Boost reading, writing, and learning confidence with TextHelp. TextHelp is a world-leading specialist in assistive technology and literacy support software. They believe that literacy skills are every student's passport to academic, social, and professional success. They create smart, friendly software supports that enable young people to read and write with confidence. Read and Write is their award-winning software designed to support struggling readers and writers, English language learners, and students with learning disabilities by providing an easy-to-use toolbar that helps with reading, writing, research, and more virtually everywhere. Read and Write is available on Windows, Macs, and as a Chrome extension, and on both iPad and Android tablets. To find out more, visit texthelp.com slash readwrite. Need to make more time for reading? With Fluency Tutor for Google, you can do just that. This time-saving, leveled reading and assessment tool helps busy teachers bring struggling readers up to speed. Teachers can share an unlimited number of reading passages with students, then listen to, score, and provide feedback on their recordings. Try it for free at FluencyTutorForGoogle.com. To find out more about TextHelp and their award-winning software solutions for educators and students, visit TextHelp.com or call 1-888-248-0652. That number again is 1-888-248-0652. Hello and welcome to the AT Tips Cast, where we explore free or nearly free tools and strategies that can be used to help all learners, including those who are users of augmentative or alternative communication devices. I'm your host, Chris Bouguet. This is episode 151, recorded on February 25th, 2016. This is the first in what I hope to be a series of episodes exploring the selection and implementation of augmentative or alternative communication devices, commonly known as AAC. Lately, I've sort of had a revelation in how I approach AAC. The more research I read and the more facts I explore, the more my perspective has changed. I think perhaps it always will continue to shift, grow, and develop as my knowledge and experience grows. My hope is to share with you my revelations and the sources that guided me to them so far. So, where to start this examination of AAC? If we're going to have a discussion about AAC, a good starting point might be to talk about what is the actual point of AAC. What exactly are we trying to accomplish? What is the goal? And how do we know if we win? How do we know if we actually achieve that goal? So, let's get into AT Tip 478, Spontaneous Novel Utterance Generation, or SNUG. Humans who communicate verbally have the ability to generate spontaneous novel utterances, also known as SNUG, Spontaneous Novel Utterance Generation. Let's break that acronym down into its component parts, shall we? Spontaneous means off the top of your head, or not pre-planned. Novel means brand spanking new. Utterance is anything that is being produced audibly, and generation means, well, to create or make. So let's take a look at some examples. Hello, Melissa and Maggie. We are here today to talk about spontaneous novel utterance generation. Now, I see the looks on your faces. What exactly does that mean? Really, all I want you to do is Think of different words that pop off the top of your head like, and make them into a sentence. It's, a, it's an ability we have. Right? I'm going to try it. You ready? Now I'm going to do a first okay. one. My purple hat flew off my head, landed in a tree, and was attacked by woodpeckers who made it into a nest for their little family of baby squirrels. Okay. Well, let me try. 
Okay, yeah, your turn. Let's see what you can okay. come up with. Bigfoot walked around with googly eyes and saw an orange Loch Ness monster in the lake that was turning blue. Good one, good one. All right, your turn, Maggie. Can you come up with one? The evil, the evil carrot was eating an evil tomato. <laughs> good one, good one. No one's probably ever heard that before, ever. All right, I'm going to do another one. Um, once upon a time, three people walked into a closet holding a computer, and they placed that computer on the ground until a dog attacked the computer and ate it. Oh, that's a crazy one. I have another one. The bag that held the computer began eating all the chips that were left on the floor. The dinosaur went inside the suitcase, and the suitcase went in the dinosaur. Awesome. All right, thanks, guys. Those are great examples of spontaneous novel utterance generation. You see how those words just popped off the top of your head? Yeah, that was Amazing. Fun. We could do yeah. it in the right order. Mm -hmm. awesome. Thanks, Daddy. Thank thanks. you. In those examples, the words coming out of our mouths were not pre-planned. We didn't have a script we were following. They were just spontaneous. They were also novel in that it is likely that you never heard those utterances before in your entire life. In fact, they were so novel that it is very likely that no one in the entire history of humankind has ever used those words in that order before. We just made history right there on this podcast. Note that the utterances were syntactically correct. They actually made sense in the order that we put them in. Is expecting anything less from a user of AAC ultimately limiting that person? Instead, should we presume that anyone and everyone could possibly learn to generate spontaneous novel utterances if we gave them the tools to do so, and then taught them how to generate language by repeatedly modeling it with them? The notion that we should assume a person can do something if we only taught them how to do it is known as presuming competence. This phrase was explained by Professor Douglas Bicklin, who stated that educators, but anyone really, should assume that any person has the capacity, intellectually, to learn, and therefore, we should provide opportunities to expose that person to learning. We should assume that any person wants to learn and be an effective contributor to the world. The term presuming competence actually appears in a philosophy outline in a paper written by Cheryl Jorgensen back in 2005 titled The Least Dangerous Assumption. You can check out that article over at bit.ly slash least dangerous assumption PDF. The article produces detailed examples of this principle in philosophy. In relation to the selection and implementation of AAC, it's important to see how presuming competence and spontaneous novel utterance generation converge. If we start with the assumption that one day, the user of AAC will eventually learn to spontaneously generate novel utterances, then we are presuming that that person is competent of achieving that ability. If we, from the very first moment we meet a student who might be a potential user of AAC, make decisions with the idea that someday that student might actually achieve snug, then we are presuming competence. Just in case you thought I might be making this stuff up, take a look at bit.ly slash ashasnug. This is an article posted on the American Speech, Language, and Hearing Association's website adapted from a paper written by Katja Hill, who is the assistant professor of speech-language pathology at Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania and she does a much better job of explaining snug than I just did. 
Again, that article is bit.ly slash asha, A-S-H-A, snug. I'll leave with this thought to ponder. How many students who are not yet verbal, or as some might say, nonverbal, leave your school district or organization on the very last day even close to having the ability to spontaneously generate novel utterances? If that number is low, then we have some work to do. The reasons those numbers might be low, well, those are varied and wide, and I plan to explore them in future episodes in this series. And hopefully, together we can come up with some solutions. The good news is that we have nowhere to go but up. This is a challenge we all face, and we can face it together. We can measure our successes and vow not to let one more student leave our schools without providing them a pathway to snug. Before I leave, I'd like to thank everyone for the great time at the 2016 Assistive Technology Industry Association Conference earlier this month. It is truly rewarding to collaborate with so many amazing professionals. What continues to be one of my favorite parts of the conference has been sort of the new edition of EdCamp. This year, I participated in three back-to-back sessions all about AAC. I co-facilitated the final session with a person who practices in Vermont named Chris Kiosko-Kelly. This session was an attempt to crystallize some of the common agreements in the field of AAC. In about 30 minutes, everyone who participated in that session worked together collaboratively to generate a list of 12 philosophies, or I guess general practices, we felt were commonly agreed upon among everyone practicing in the field of AAC. You can check out that list over at bit.ly slash AAC agreements. That's bit.ly slash AAC agreements. I wonder how many of those principles you agree with. Leave a comment on this post over at attipscast.com and let me know. Finally, I'm continuing to build the AT Tipscast YouTube page, organizing videos and episodes into playlists. Please head over to bit.ly slash YouTube to check it out. There's a playlist specifically for communication strategies. So if you're interested in AAC, go check it out. I'm constantly adding some of the classic AT Tipscast episodes to that playlist. Until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive, may all your strategies be supportive, and may you provide everyone with a way to get as close to snug as possible.